Welcome to the Raw Food Health Empowerment Podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Salmon, Certified Holistic Health Coach and author of You Can Afford to Be Healthy. And this podcast looks at a holistic approach to health from a multi-generational and multinational perspective of women of color. So today I wanted to talk about an herb called Skullcap. It's one of my favorite herbs because it helps to quiet the monkey mind. Skullcap is a comforting herb used to promote emotional well-being and relaxation during times of occasional distress. Uh-huh. Folks use Skullcap if they're having trouble sleeping, dealing with anxiety, um, they've suffered from a stroke, and maybe they're dealing with a paralysis caused by a stroke. It's used for fever, high cholesterol, hardening of the arteries, a.k.a. arthrosclerosis. Um, rabies, epilepsy, nervous tension, allergies, skin infections, inflammation, and spasms. Uh-huh. And the leaves of the herb have been used in traditional herbal medicine as a sedative and to treat conditions like anxiety and convulsions. The plant was prized by Native Americans for its powerful medicinal properties. The dried roots of this plant have been used for centuries as a traditional Chinese medicine to treat diarrhea, insomnia, dysentery, high blood pressure, hemorrhaging, respiratory infections, and inflammation. In Asia, it's used in herbal remedies to treat conditions like fevers, gastrointestinal issues, and liver disease. There are two kinds of skullcap. There's American skullcap, which is a perennial herb native to North America. And then there's Chinese skullcap, which is a native um, herb to several Asian countries, as well as Russia. Studies show that American skullcap has significant antioxidant effects and may help protect against neurological disorders like Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson's disease, anxiety, and depression. There's even some evidence that American skullcap could inhibit food allergies. Now, Chinese skullcap has been used in traditional Chinese medicine to treat cancer and headaches, and it may also have antifungal and antiviral effects. So let's talk about how to use skullcap, right? With American skullcap, the leaves are used. They're typically harvested in June from a three to four-year-old skullcap plant, And for Chinese skullcap, the root is used. You can make a tea or a tincture. To make a tincture, you need a half pint jar, half a cup of dried skullcap leaves, and a hundred proof vodka to fill the jar. Keep in mind, this is not for children, right? Because it contains alcohol. So you fill your jar with the dried leaves about halfway. You add the vodka over the leaves until the jar is full. Blend it well, then put the lid on it. Make sure to label the jar with the date. This is very important, all right? During the first week, you're going to open and stir it daily. And you want the tincture to infuse for about five more weeks. Shake the jar once or twice a day. And once the six weeks have passed, you're going to strain the tincture using a cheesecloth. Then you can place it back into the jar you were using. Make sure to clean it well first. You can also use a smaller bottle with a dropper to store it in. You pour the tincture into your jar, right? And you make sure to label it. Take a teaspoon or dropper full at night or before meals. And start slowly to make sure you have positive effects. 
because everyone's body is different. You can dilute it in warm water if you prefer, but I prefer to take Skullcap as a tea. I'm not really a fan of tinctures, but people who are really into homeopathy um, really like tinctures because that's what they're used to. Let me ask you one question because tincture is something I first heard that word. Mm -hmm. Excuse my ignorance, but what is tincture? It's like, uh, explain it. Yeah, so the tincture, when you make a tincture, like we just explained in the process, the alcohol is actually extracting the medicinal properties from the herbs. And so it's sitting for such a long time. It's almost like a curing process, but a a healthy one, right? Not one that's carcinogenic, like how they cure meats and stuff like that. But the alcohol is pulling the medicinal properties from the herbs and you get a very potent herb. So you're only taking a little bit, like I said, a teaspoon or dropper full. Um, And but you're going to just take it like that. And so it's not really going to taste that great. (laughs) Um, But my my the way I like to take herbs is via teas. Right. And skullcap. Yeah. Skullcap you can use as a tea also, which is really easy to make. You take one cup of boiling water with a teaspoon of dried American skullcap. Or if you're going the Chinese route, you're going to simmer three to nine ounces of the dried root in two cups of boiling water for about 20 minutes. A strong tea of skullcap is a strong sedative. So if you're drinking skullcap herbal tea for sleep, then drinking a lot of liquid before bedtime is not a good idea, okay? Drink the tea an hour before bed. You can also uh, do a a massage oil to relax muscle tension and pain. Um, there's a recipe in Darcy Williamson's book. She wrote a book called healing plants of the Rocky mountains where she uses fresh skull cap, which if you don't have access to it, I would just drink the tea, but her recipe includes a fresh skull cap because when you're making massage oils, you really want to use, um, fresh herbs if you can. That's like the, the, the ultimate, Um, She uses sagebrush leaves, cottonwood buds, jojoba oil, and sweet almond oil. She combines all of these in a jar, um, covers them loosely with several layers of cheesecloth, and lets it sit in a warm place for about three weeks. Then she heats the jar in a pan of warm water for about 15 minutes to liquefy the oil and then strains it. Mm. Now, if you have anxiety... For the dried herb, you can use about one to two grams three times a day. For the right. tea, about one cup three times a day. Uh, teas with skullcap, sometimes they're blended with other herbs like lemon balm. They're really, they're available in health food stores and online, although they may not have the same effects as supplements because teas are typically less concentrated. The tinctures, right. um, on the other hand, containing skullcap, and other calming herbs such as valerian root are also available in stores. And those dosages are going to depend on the concentration and ingredients. Children yeah. can use skullcap, but in small doses. The best method for them is in a mild tea. And mm-hmm. for children, you can do one cup boiling water to one teaspoon of dried leaves and steep only two minutes to get a milder tea. Um, Also, an herbal syrup may work really well for children. You prepare it just like you would a tea. You mix it with the same amount of honey or coconut nectar, 
and that can last up to three weeks. You just store it in the fridge. Right. Mm, and I, yeah, and I love the idea of herbal syrups because let's say you're having an herbal tea, you don't have to um, like water down the medicinal properties of the tea by adding sugar. You can actually make an herbal syrup and add to the herbal tea, <laughs> you know? Yes. You sweeten your tea and add some additional um, medicinal qualities to it. Right. Now, um, I want to make a special note. Excessive use of skullcap may cause stupor, confusion, irregular heartbeat, twitching, giddiness, nausea, and lightheadedness, as well as seizures in extreme cases. Pregnant women shouldn't use this herb since it may cause a miscarriage. Um, some supplements have been tainted with plants that have been shown to cause liver damage. So it's important to get your skull cap from a reputable source. There are no documented cases of negative interactions with other herbs or medications, although it does have a sedative effect and should not be combined with prescription sedatives. Health food stores often have it as a tonic in combination with valerian root and passion flower for insomnia you can also get it online using the link in the show notes and mm -hmm. it's important to note that skullcap may interact with certain medications and may be dangerous when ingested by people with specific health conditions so of course you want to talk to your doctor um, if you're nursing we already talked about if you're pregnant but also if you're nursing you're going to want to avoid skullcap um, and a Chinese skullcap has been documented to cause uh, blood sugar levels to drop, which would raise the risk of hypoglycemia. So if you're diabetic, it's recommended that you avoid Chinese skullcap specifically. Of course, talk to your doctor, talk to your doctor, talk to your doctor. <laughs> um, there's also a link in the show notes on how to grow skullcap if you're interested in that, because if you're growing, you can use the fresh and make those oils to massage on your body, which I think is pretty cool. So, if you can grow marijuana, I think it should be able to grow. Oh. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. And because you know, I, <laughs> go ahead. No, go ahead. Aunt Vi did the same thing um, with the white drum with marijuana, and I always thought she was crazy. For real? Wise, yeah. Aunt Vi, man, she knew how to use those herbs. The marijuana soaking in in white rum overproof white rum and that's yes. stuff with it but you know what it was for not for drinking in a for pain yeah that woman was wise beyond her age you know she was but wise I, just, I, I used to get annoyed because i couldn't stand these bottle with all these things inside there so one day i pick it up and i throw it out <laughs> didn't even oh, know God. what it was for because i don't like rubbings i don't know if you know that rubbings i don't like Things to rub on my skin for pain. I don't like smell the smell. Oh, I, I didn't know that. I don't like it, no. See, that's the, that's the great thing about herbs is that if you like rubbings, you can make salves. If you like um, the oils, you can do oils. If you want the oral, you know, take them orally. You have the pills, you have the tinctures, you have the teas. You can even, some of these herbs, you can put them in a salad, in a smoothie. You know, there's so many different ways. You can do poultices. You know, right. there's so many I different ways. Yes, but I don't like um, alcohol in anything that goes on my skin. That's yeah. 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 
for arthritis pain, and I, I'm quite sure it actually works. She never used to take pills for arthritis. And that yeah. was very funny for medication. Yeah, I don't know if you know that. No, she was what about medication? Very funny. She would never take it. I didn't know that. No, she would never take it. And Dr. Verb, um, we, I, I guess we could say this on the podcast. I hope I'm not cutting things out. But no. For people who want to know, she was a... Um, she wasn't a, a vegetarian. She was a, what do you call it? Because she's Pes- like Yeah, pescatarian. Whatever you want to call her. But we yeah. do eat a little fish sometime. But we really, really like plant-based food. Yeah. But anyhow, she, she would take her, her blood pressure pill only when she's going to the doctor. Because she don't want the doctor to tell her her blood pressure is high. But she would take herbs and other stuff in between that. But she claims that she take the pill before she go to the doctor, pressure will come down. But she always used things to rub herself of pain. She never swallowed painkiller. Never. And she lived to be 90. She was about 95, I think, when she died. 95? Yeah. Yeah. That's super cool. Every time I, I remember the Irish moss she used to drink all the time. I, she used to use something and she says stop it stop it and she would just slap her <laughs> her body wherever it was hurting or whatever with something you she know talk to the pain yes she used to talk to the pain you can learn a lot from that yeah mm-hmm. and i love and appreciate the people who are um learning about herbs interacting with them like touching them growing them um, right. studying them and teaching others, you know, um, there are people oh, in sure. Chicago and Los Angeles that do herbal tours. You said in Jamaica, they do them as well. And we need to keep that, that knowledge passed on, you know, because there are people, um, even in the wellness community who feel like the doctor's solution is all there is. The doctor who is, um, paid by, the pharmaceutical companies and get these kickbacks and all they really learn in school are chemicals, you know, um, they don't learn about, about herbs. And, um, I think that is really not a balanced education and Mm -hmm. we as a population suffer because of that, you know, and especially when we talk about this issue right now with censorship and the conversation around vaccines and all the fear mongering that's going on in the media, what is being taken away from people is choice, you know, and that's a problem because people on, on either side feel that their way is right. And the other person is completely wrong. And the reason why we are at this space is because the people that have been positioning themselves as the, um, you know, the intelligent body on all things health and wellness, they don't give a balanced picture. Right. They give preference to what can be um, commoditized and capitalized on. And when you, when you talk about fruits and vegetables and herbs, these things, you, you can't patent life, you know, and mm-hmm. you can't, you can't get rich off of it. So it's what's the incentive there, you know, Um, which is why you don't really have too many studies on these things. You have tons of studies on some other things that are financed 
by these companies, and especially with the conversation around vaccines, um, whoever has the most money can put that money behind their side of the argument. So you have to be really deciphering who's right, who's wrong, who knows? If money wasn't involved, it would be a lot of clearer picture, right? Um, But, you know, we live in a capitalistic society, so we just need to do our best to try and retain our freedoms and do our own research and kind of have some kind of sovereignty. Like in Food Leaders Lab with LA Food Policy Council, we talked a lot about food sovereignty and I am all about that. I'm also about health and wellness sovereignty, being sovereign over my own body. And it's, you know, it gets increasingly difficult in this world as the days and years go on. Yeah, but you have to be persistent with it, like everything else, you know? Yeah. 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 Amva lived at a great time. She was born in 1917. You see, Sam, like I guess. You see, like I said it every day, and I say it all the time. And I say, I know sometimes you doesn't like when I say it, but I'm going to say it again. It's not how long you live, but it's the life you live. Mm-hmm. Because you want to get up every day and know that you're living. You know what I'm saying? Like, I get up every day. And I feel good every day. It doesn't mean that I might not feel pain because I have a physical body. Mm-hmm. But it's to take care of this physical body for tomorrow, not just for today, but you're doing it for tomorrow also while you're living today. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Am I making any sense? Yeah, of course. I've seen people live very long, but they never had a good life. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of suffering and a lot of pain, and it's because of what they plan in their body. So it's very important that we make the right choice and take care of ourselves, that we can live healthy lives. Yeah, yeah. Right. And healthy as- life to me is long jeopardy, you know. I don't, I don't know how people look at it, but to me it is. Like if I should die tomorrow, mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. like for you to say that my mother lives happy every day of her right. life. Right. That's a healthy life I'm talking about. I'm not talking about a life we have to get up every day and depend on medicine to keep you alive, you know? Yeah. Who wants to live like that? No, no, not me. Right. Definitely. Not me neither. No. I, saw, I saw what that looked like, and I, I don't want that. This is all. why you have to be prayerful, because there are things out there that call accident. And sometimes people's life get caught by accident. And not that they die, but when I say get caught, you meet in such bad accident that, of course, yes, they have to give you medication. Mm-hmm. Yes, they have to do things to you for you to be on medicine to continue living. So that's why every day you have to make sure you pray before you leave your house or anywhere you're going. Ask God just to guide you that your, your life don't just cut like that. Because mm-hmm. when, once you go on medicine, that's it. That's it. It's, it's, the medication is, you know... It, it, it does kill something inside of you that you always have to be taking it because I've seen it. I've lived it. I know. Right. You've seen it you've, and, and you've lived it. You've seen other people. And there's actual oh. science and studies to back this up. We already know that pharmaceutical drugs actually disrupt the healthy gut bacteria in our stomach and, and can... Um, disrupt the intestinal lining. So it compromises our immune system, which makes us, makes us weaker, which is why a dependency on pharmaceutical drugs, right? 
meaning you are taking this long term for a chronic issue, not short term for an acute issue, will cause um, increasing damage to the body. And this is this is known. This is not made up. This is not lies. These are scientific studies. You should you should and can Google it right now um, and learn about the microbiome. Learn about um, leaky gut and all. Yeah, chemotherapy is an example, but that that yeah yeah, and that's that's basically chemicals and radiation that are killing you know good cells and also healthy gut bacteria, but also just the pharmaceutical drugs, even over the counter drugs, even things like aspirin, you know, all of these foreign substances. So, right. and and for those who out there who are still taking their aspirin, I can give them an advice. I'm not a doctor. We're not doctors, by the way. We only Speaking from experience, um, Mm -hmm. the cayenne pepper takes the place of aspirin for me because for years the doctor had me taking baby aspirin because this claims after you reach a certain age you need it. And I used to like go by everything the doctor says. The doctor said this, I do this. But my life been changed over the years. I don't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. But as far as the baby aspirin, I don't take that no more either. I've been using cayenne pepper. I incorporate it every morning in my breakfast, whatever I'm having. Now, why did the doctor say you had to do baby aspirin every day? Okay, because what happened, it's because of um, the family history where in my family there's heart disease. Of course, you know, mom had heart disease. I don't have it, mm-hmm. but mom have it. So they go by the family history. And if you have a family doctor, what he does, he use your, your, uh, what you call, your genetics to really help do things right mm-hmm. and, and genetically in my family there is heart disease so he said to me seeing that my mom of heart disease would advise me to take aspirin daily heard something was this before or after he recommended dietary changes oh my doctor never recommended dietary changes <laughs> i mean I, I guess i was the one who recommended I'm the, and, i recommend that to myself and that that's really what hurts me so much it's like the heart disease grandma had wasn't because her heart was defective from birth. It was was because of, yeah. And you know, the fact that he would even recommend a, a, a chemical thing to be dependent on every day and never mention food, diet, lifestyle, you know, remember, um, remember, let me just stop you right there. My doctor is not, uh, he's not like he's, a. um, He's not a herbalist. He's a medical doctor. Medical doctors do recommend medicine. And yeah. herbs are herbs are the original. Right, medicine. but <clears throat> unless he's a holistic doctor. But with never with but very I, few side effects, the only side effects that herbs would have um, are typically the ones, uh, you know, the, the serious side effects that herbs would have are typically from herbs that you can't even get in this country. You know, Um, and other than that, you know, like, like, that's why I feel like the whole model of what a doctor is in this country needs to change. In other countries, you know, uh, I feel like in Jamaica, for example, uh, doctors would approach things a little differently. In rural India, they, I'm pretty sure they approach things a little differently. And I have a feeling about this just based off of some things that I've heard from integrative doctors. One in particular, um, he's from 
Australia originally, and I'm blanking on his name right now, but he's one of the instructors for the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. So if you're interested in becoming a certified health coach, it's a great program. There's a link in the show notes for that. Uh, But he's one of the visiting uh, teachers. And he, um, while he was in his doctoral program, he did some work in South Africa. And that's where he really got into integrative medicine because the doctors working there actually did utilize herbs and different things, um, prayer and stuff like that, uh, because that's what was working for that population there. Right. You know, and America, I feel like is so far removed from our original way, our healthy, natural way of being. And our whole our whole medical system really could use a a a, a huge shift. Mm-hmm. If you hate wax on your produce, wouldn't it be nice to have organic produce delivered to your home every week at affordable prices? And not just any produce, but produce you get to pick that you actually like coming from a local farm. Let me rave some more about Imperfect Produce. I love this company. Not only are they making sure that small, organic family farmers can make more money and avoid trashing perfectly good food, but they deliver that good food straight to your doorstep. Click on the link in the show notes for $10 off your first box of produce. And and part, part of that, too, what's happening right now are hospital systems, thanks to the Affordable Care Act, They're looking at the social determinants of health, which are things outside of the hospital that actually uh, make an impact on our health and well-being. And one of them in particular is having access to affordable, organic, fresh fruits and vegetables. And back in April, um, the grocery giant Kroger partnered with a robotics firm called Neuro to launch an autonomous delivery service in Houston, Texas. Kroger uh-huh. said that the service would represent the first public use of neuro self-driving vehicles in Houston. It will start off by using a fleet of manual and self-driving Toyota Prius cars with the next generation of neuro's driverless vehicles introduced later on in the year. So self-driving vehicles delivering fresh produce to people that need it. I think that's an amazing thing. Self-driving vehicle. That means nobody in there. Nobody needs to be in there. (laughs) The world is changing. And using technology to fix some of these problems, I'm all for it. But what that means in terms of like the financial piece too for our, um, you know, for our our friends and family. Yeah, for our friends and family who are driving cars or driving vehicles as a way to make money, uh, like Uber, Lyft or maybe they, they actually own a taxi cab or something like that, um, you will need to move out of these types of work because the self-driving cars there are already coming onto the streets. So your job is going to be no longer, you know? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but there's a lot of information out there on how to capitalize on the skill set you have and move into an industry or a, in a position where um, you can you know, get a higher income, build more wealth, and and that type of work will not be outsourced with uh, artificial intelligence. Right. We just have to always stay educated, watch the market. Things are always changing. Yes, that's true. 
and speaking things and stop and we have to stay on top of modern technology yeah (laughs) exactly Speaking of money, um, Madam Nora recently reported that Black women are doing very well with savings and building a nest egg for retirement. So I'm very happy about that. Um, They also mentioned that there's still a wage gap between Black women and other ethnic groups. The budget nista Tiffany Alishe said that in many cases, Black women still earn less per dollar when performing the exact same work, which can make saving money more challenging. So I want to recommend a book on how to negotiate your salary when you're starting work at a new company or you're starting or you're staying with your company. Um, Mm -hmm. There's still an opportunity to get a higher salary. And this book is great for just getting your mind right to ask for what you deserve. I'm happy to hear that we're saving money. Um, Make sure you automate it so you ensure you are paying yourself first. There's an app I've been using actually called digit, which I pay for monthly about $3 a month. And it saves money for me into different goal categories. One of the goals is that trip to Ethiopia that we plan to take next year. Exactly. Yeah. So there's money in that bucket already. And it's something I've been playing around with. And so far, I like seeing these goals increase because I also have um, a zero base budget. Um, and I save about 26% of my income each month, but it's just, it's fun to see digit find these extra monies, you know, right. um, and put it in these, it's, in the bucket. It's funny. Um, so I could give a class on that for young people coming up today. Oh, what specifically saving? Because I have my, I, 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 I'm like on the outside looking in and all the situation. And I see as a young person, yeah, and I was young. I was there. I was young. Um, at the time, money never mean nothing to me like what it meant to me now. Like it's important now because I'm at the age where I see that when you retire, you need all that money you wasted. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't want to see anybody go through something like that because when I was younger, I used to make money, but it never really thinking like the um. We never have the knowledge that we have now how important it is to save for retirement. Never had that knowledge. Mm-hmm. It never was enforced like, oh, people like you enforcing it. Now, I wish there was somebody in my age group that have something like this, that what you're doing. And I hope people out there appreciate this because it can help them in the future. But mm-hmm. I, I'm on the the outside looking in and all the young people and I could tell them exactly what you're doing that's wrong. They like what? Oh, oh, <laughs> you talked like, about you talked about the bags. Spending oh, all these money start. the money on bags. All these material things that they invested in. Right. That you sell it back and get money. That don't make no kind of sense. Right. What it is, <laughs> they are making money People out there making money off these people who supposed to be saving their money. Mm-hmm. The 65-inch flat stream TV that's going for $3,000, uh-uh-uh-uh. <laughs> you can get one for less than that, but don't get 65-inch. Don't get anything larger than your living room wall. Mm-hmm. You can get one for at least $200 or $300, and you see the same thing. That <laughs> money, that 2000 and change, or you could put it into an account and when you reach retirement age, you'd be surprised how much that TV gives to you, that money for that TV. So, yeah, it's all about, like, 
like that quick gratification, right? And so the way I would play it with a TV, like let's say you really love. Oh, I only use TV for one or some. Some yeah. I can tell you some story. The TV is only one. Only okay. one, but let's let's go with that as an example, right? Because what I really what I've been doing, and I've I've had this for a long time, and I really like it. This zero base budget and. I didn't even know it was a zero-based budget until Dave Ramsey called it such. But I've always had a budget where basically the things I have to pay for, like rent, utilities, you know, those types of things, expenses for my business, those types of things, they're, they're on a spreadsheet. The money I make every month is on that spreadsheet. All the leftover after the necessities get paid goes into my savings. And I make sure I pay myself first when I get paid. So there should be nothing left. Now, if, if I need additional things, like, like let's say I want a TV, after I reach a, a goal point, like save three to six months of emergency savings or have a certain amount of money saved in my retirement account, then I, I reward myself with that purchase. And I literally like oh. have, have a note, like, okay, you reach this goal, you reward yourself, but you don't reward yourself by putting yourself in more, in more debt, right? You want to, you want to clean that debt, not have debt, right? And then reward yourself with that. And that's just going to be coming from whatever you would be naturally saving that time. You're going to, instead of it going to your saving bucket or your retirement account, you're going to just take that by yourself, this gift. And next month you're back on your savings track again to that next goal you know? Right. So you don't have to necessarily wait till retirement. And that's why I really love the fire plan, because I think that's, that's one of the things where people are like, oh my God, I got to wait till I'm 60 something to actually enjoy life and enjoy my money. Like, no, you just need to increase your income right now, increase your savings as much as possible and investments okay. right now, because the investments is where you can make the most money, you know? Um, yeah. and that's another thing too, like with the black community, I feel like we talked about that before, or I wrote about it yeah, in one of the we emails did. We did. is we that did. Okay. in the, in the black community, they tend to want to build their wealth through home ownership. And yeah. that is really not where you're going to make the most no. money that, that, and the that, most that wealth. Investment, but it's not the most. <laughs> yeah, it's not. And that's where those books that I recommended on the last um episode is really going to help frame your head around like where we talked about before about the home not necessarily being an investment it's not you know because you have when a lot of times when people talk about the equity that they made on a house they never really factor in all the property taxes insurance um and money they've paid on repairs and maintenance for that home to see did they actually make money on this thing so it's it's on the liability side but if you're really but there is something too if you get to a point financially where you can buy a home so when you hit retirement you're in your your older years and you're pulling social security you're not paying rent all the time because that sucks you know you want to have a home that actually belongs to you you don't owe a bank or anything like that you know, so you have to kind of figure out where you are in your life and, and, and plan it out so it makes sense. But if you want the biggest bang for your buck, especially when you're young, 
invest, invest, invest. Cause even like 2008, when we had the, um, the, we were going into the recession or we had just, we were in the recession. Cause I think it started like 2007 or something like that. Right. I graduated yeah. 2008 and I still made 10% on my investment that was in there for like about four years. So mm-hmm. people were losing money and I expected to come out with like nothing and actually made some good money and I didn't have to do anything. It was just sitting in an investment fund where I'm pretty sure Chase made a lot more money than I did at the time because I'm sure they charged yeah. a ton, ton of fees. Um, right. And so I'm a lot smarter with how I invest these days. But even in that bad of a situation, I came out a winner, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you were very smart from, from the get-go with those things, anyhow. So, I, you know, you are a good person for that platform. But um, I just hope uh, that a lot of young people listen to the podcast and it can bring them some knowledge and they can learn something from it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And the more you make, the more you can save. So make sure you ask for more money. <laughs> And uh, grow your business if you work for yourself, you know. Yeah. Always look to make more. There's nothing well, wrong with yeah. that. There's nothing wrong with more. No. Yes, <laughs> exactly. If it's too much when you make more, you can give it away. <laughs> that you can give your money to. Absolutely. And that's what I love about um, Dave like, Ramsey's work. Dave Ramsey and uh, yeah. Chris Hogan, I think his name is. They always talk about you know, you know, first of all, get off debt, right? Clear up the debt, build um, your, your savings, your emergency savings, your retirement account. And when you have that extra leftover, put it into your church, put it into the community, you know, be the philanthropist I know you want to be, you know, because we all have you know, things we want to do in this world and accomplish. And it definitely takes money to do that. So once we... Favorite charity is homelessness. So anybody out there who have a passion for people who is homeless, that is a wonderful charity to go towards. You know, to get. I didn't even get- realize that was your favorite one area. Yeah, well, remember, remember from church. You know, it's from beginning from church where we feed the homeless people. We try to get them apartments and so. But I have a passion for that. I pray for those people daily. So for yeah. me to lift them up in prayer daily, that means that's my passion, you know? Yeah, and it's I really give, bad out here in Los Angeles. I, uh, yeah, I give to different charities, but the homelessness is the one that really hit me hard. Because when I say hit me, uh, see, I can't think of myself alone. I have to think about these people, especially when the time is extremely hot or extremely cold and they're out there, you know? Yeah. And they're human beings, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's hard. Yeah. So if your money's too much, you know where you could put it. Put it in charity. Right. But there's nothing wrong with more. Thank you so much for listening today. Please be sure to subscribe so you're notified on all our future episodes when they're released.